You know, my man started talking to me and said, Bobby, if I go country, would you go country with me? I said, yep. Welcome to A Bed With Stev. Baby makes me proud. Lord, don't you make me proud. Make me proud. She never makes a scene hanging all over me in a crowd. like to talk Lord don't they like to talk they like to talk but when they turn on the lights I know she's leaving leaving with me and when we get behind closed door then she lets her hand let it let it hang down Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening and welcome. A Bevelstev episode 39. Here we are on my daily walk, or here I am on my daily walk. Quick intro here to explain that this episode is about TV reviewing or about TV. It is reviewing TV. But for today, one of the main things we're also doing is debuting a couple of tracks I've made. 80s album called The Second Referendum coming out in the autumn or the fall, depending on where you're listening to this. Recorded uh, late last summer and being mixed ever since on and off. Obviously, there's been a few barriers. This song is massive. It's the opener of the album and the next single which is called I Want to Play Rock and Roll. So this is an exclusive premiere, not out till July 24th.
So Emily, you're currently making a dress and you have been for how many days? Um, well, I think I started it like a week ago, but I've only really gotten serious about it in the last few days. Has it been easier or harder than you thought? Um, well, considering I've never made a dress before and it fits me and it's tailored, I'm pretty fucking impressed. Did you follow any YouTube stuff or anything for no. this? No, I just, yeah, I just, based on the fabric that I had, I thought I just looked up a couple of pictures of floral dresses and I came across a picture that I thought, okay, I can make something kind of like that. And uh, that's what I've been doing. This is a full-time job, really, isn't it? How many days? Yeah, but I'm grateful for it because I'm not looking at my phone mm. and it's calming and it feels productive, even if I never wear it anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, making dresses, making music, writing in the forest, these are things that feel good for me yeah. or us. Yeah. feels like enriching, you know? And I feel like, just like you've been learning how to cook, I feel like it's sort of t teaching myself a skill that I kind of could already do. I've fixed things before, but I've never really, like, made a full garment. Yeah, so. I mean, I'm I'm really proud of you for the amount of effort and, like, actual motivation you have. But the best dish was the baked eggs yeah. with link, um, whatever sausage that was, and hash brown. Yeah, chipolatas, yeah. Yeah, you did really well on that one. So, so far you've made... That was Gordon Ramsay's recipe. I'm not going to make out like I made it up. Where's the lamb sauce? But it was with sausage instead of bacon. And uh, he he cracks the eggs with one hand. But an amateur like me would end up with more shell than egg in the in the food if I did it like that. So I did it with two, but I also did it at the wrong height so the egg didn't stay whole, the yolk. Oh, my God. I'm currently also making a album out of a shopping list, an interlude, Abbey Road Side 2, Beatles-style interlude of one-minute-y songs with contributions from every musician that will answer texts to me. What do you think of that, Emily? What's your perspective on this process? Yeah, I was going to ask you how you actually... Because you basically just went outside and then you f forwarded me the shopping list that I sent you the day before or something. Well, and... I'd taken a screenshot of the shopping list because um, there's no reception in Lidl. And then I looked at the photos and I had a photo of the shopping list and then I read it and it looked like an album track listing because you put a new line for each item. Right. So it said, you know, onion, lettuce, something sweet for me. Um, and then I thought, would this be a track listing? Not that like I'm some creative fucking genius, but I just thought, you know, what about that? I thought it'd be a good joke to send people and go, does this look like a track listing? That's kind but of then, your ideas normally start though as a joke, right? And then... But then I'm writing the best music ever. If you free yourself from some obligation, like this album has been a bit of a drag, the 80s album, I have to be honest. It's still not done. But still with me, songs are written in about 10 seconds just as I pick up the guitar and the melody comes and then you form everything else. And if you don't have to do a second, third, fourth minute of a song mm. and think about band arrangements, it's kind of easy. And I can see, I'm not John Lennon or whatever, but I can see how it's kind of freeing to just do as much of a song as you want. Yeah. And just do a couple of lines of lyrics and get a groove on. Yeah, I mean, you've got some really beautiful melodies, I think. I know, I'm wasting them. When you're not trying, it happens. It's weird, isn't it? I don't know, because, like, I couldn't just sit and look at the word, like, carrot and be inspired to write a pretty melody. That doesn't work for me, so... Yeah, you're more you a literature person, I'm more melody person. Yeah, you have a different brain.
We all know that, but... I know. <laughs> the point should be that it's something that you're enjoying doing. But one of the problems with me is that I'm branding things, promoting things. Fuck that, I'll just make it. Yes. It's like making yes. breakfast. Yes. So anyway, I'm getting faster because I do need a wee, and it was great to check in with your dress. On a bevwithstev.com, which doesn't exist, we could do a photo of this. Do you remember in episode two when we were going to put pictures of the lobsters on a... <laughs> There's no a Bev with Stev. That's the check-in. So we're creating a dress and a 15-minute album based on a shopping list is a summary of what we're doing at Mahoney in the Moment Towers at bevwithstev.com headquarters. I think we're thriving in lockdown, to be honest. We're going to save our big announcement for what we're doing next in our lives. We're not even adhering to it right now, but we have a big thing we're doing in the next portion of our lives, the second act, or is this the third act of our life? No, the third act is when you're dying, yeah? So are we entering the second act? Yeah. The second act is going to be something else that we're going to announce. Stay tuned. And what are you... You're going to go check a few things out now? What are you going to listen to new albums by Bob Dylan and Neil Young? Um, the Neil Young one is old and I've heard all the songs anyway but I'm ch- I've checked it out earlier and the Dylan one, what I've heard I've really liked actually especially the latest single uh, which is based on some guitar, old blues guitar riff I quite like Dylan's vibe at the moment it's kind of, it takes you out it takes you to another world which I think anything at the moment that does that is good Bob Dylan! See you in a bit <laughs> Another day they don't end Another ship going out Another day of anger Bitterness and doubt I know how it happened I saw it begin I opened my heart to the world And the world came My fleet-footed guides from the underworld No stars in the sky shine brighter than you You girls mean business and I do too Well, I'm the enemy of treason, an enemy of strife I'm the enemy of the unlived meaningless life I ain't no false prophet I just know what I know I go where only the lonely can go I'm first among equals Second to none the last of the best You can bury the rest Bury them naked With that silver and gold Put up six feet under And I pray for their soul So in lockdown, I don't know if I've mentioned But I'm in a big reassessment I'm trying to reset Social media has been completely eradicated. It was just Twitter for a few weeks, but now 
even Twitter, it's just bothering me. I know there's a lot of terrible things going on in the world and everyone's really clever and all that, but I don't think it's any use. Emily, however, my guest, can eat bad news for breakfast. It looks like a pickle without my glasses on. It looks like you're eating pickles for breakfast. Amazing. I'm not. So, this podcast has been a great journey and what I'm going to do this week, it doesn't matter whenever you're listening to this, but in the next few days, I'll wait for the train. Should we leave it in? I mean, let's be honest. What's the real news is that you've been... Fucked up. You've been like... Yeah, ready to have a... You've been like Michael Douglas and falling down the last few days. Yeah. Where do you think you're going? You can't come this way. What are you doing to the street? We're fixing it. What the hell does it look like? Pardon me, but that's bullshit. I want to know what's wrong with the street. See, I don't think anything's wrong with the street. I think you're just trying to justify your inflated budgets. What are you, nuts? No, I know how it works. If you don't spend the money you have projected this year, they won't give you the same amount next year. Now, I want you to admit there's nothing wrong with the street. Fuck you, pal, huh? You're not going to hold us hostage here with these yellow lights and all these big trucks. I'm just here to to keep people from falling in, that's all. I want to hear it from you. What's wrong with the street? Nothing. I knew it. But I'll give you something to fix. Oh, Jesus, man, what the hell? Here! Hey, Charlie! Fuck, please, man! Charlie, we got a goddamn nut here! There's a fucking guy back there with a bazooka! Where we live, they've cut down all the trees. We live right at the train track, as you just heard. And they've cut down all the trees, and they did it for three weeks. So, one day it happened at eight, but most of the time, nine. Okay, chainsaws. Loud. They cut down with a few chainsaws, and then they got the trees and put them through this thing that was like a big electric sharpener. So there's a few things happening there, a few different noises. Like they're just making a million pencils. Or yeah, they're just making pencils. That'd have been better than producing something. I'm just cutting it down. For TFL, they're probably on ninety grand. Those blokes. TFL. TFL. You're a waste of my life, Dad. I don't have to deal with it. The trains are running amazing now. Nobody's on them. You know, as soon as you have to get back the on them. The adventure was that, that it happened during the heat wave. So not only do we have our windows open already at nine in the morning, but you'd want to be outside for a couple of hours. And that was not an option. And there was alarm gate. Mm. And I've mentioned motorcycle man before, but now... Oh, there's another one. So um, the, the alarm gate, I had to sort out myself. So basically the alarm went off. Anyway, it's kind of boring, but there are noises from outside. But yeah, I think anyone would be a bit cheese and onion because of that, Emily. But anyway, it's a reset. And I'm obviously assessing the podcast here. Mm. The podcast started in a very busy time in my life when I was meeting a lot of people. And I really like it. However, I'm going to be editing it down now. Mainly the first sort of 10, 20 episodes, which is a big task list actually. Those 70 or 80 minute episodes. I enjoyed it because I had a new outlet. But what it may become, this podcast, is it may become to do with our next venture. I'm reining everything in into one 
project that we're going to be launching when lockdown is kind of over, hopefully over. So the podcast is going to stay. I'm really proud of it. It's got some of my funniest moments and some of our greatest memories. I'm going to enjoy going back and listening to that, I think. I'm not going to listen to all of it. It's very, it'd be very cringy, but... Just the most boring ones. We've documented a lot of shit. And these ones, that, like we're doing right now, you never want to do them, but these are the best ones. Because this is the chronicles of the perfect marriage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Us in bed. Yeah, and... Vienna, Mexico, Crete, New York City. Where else have we been? We used to go out, do you remember? I know. We will again. Yeah. I mean, what I'm saying is, I'm doing a reset because the world is completely on fire and I can't take any more of this bad information and we need to come together and stop fighting and stop arguing and stop trying to prove each other wrong. So there's that. The Bedford audience want to know about what you've been doing with this textile shit. You're on to the second dress. Yeah, I'm on to the second dress because I'm waiting for the edging to arrive in the mail for the first dress. What's edging? That sounds like a sex move. Hmm. Well, actually, it might also be a sex move. If you thought about it, it's what it's exactly what you think it is. It goes along the edge of the uh, dress. Um, yeah, I... You're influenced by Mad Men. Which... I've had, yeah, I've had this other fabric, and I was trying to figure out what to do with it because it's pretty plain stretchy cotton and uh we've been watching mad men and it's uh i don't know i saw an extra walk by in a, in a dress and i thought yeah i'm gonna make that i can make that and, and how easy is it to make a dress or how I'll tell hard you what, it has not been this one has not been easy mm. the first one is was so much more detailed and for some reason that was so much easier to make and this is just like a plain shift dress but i've never made long sleeves before and attached them to the dress and for some reason that is so complicated to me how do they make thousands of dresses then if it takes like a week they have sewing machines right so what they would do in 15 seconds takes me like 20 minutes Mm. this is a madman style one and the first one is like a summer frilly job yeah so basically this one is going to be autumnal which is probably going to be more appropriate since so your look is 60s coming out of this and mine is kind of 70s isn't it i'm going hippie with a massive beard (laughs) right so i'm going to play a little snippet of something a little song and then i'm going to come back so i've got more to say to you emily i got work to do i know me too reset work right we'll be right back with a bev with stev 2020 what a year
I think might be my favourite lockdown song. What's your favourite lockdown song? Got the headphones on already. Should we do a quick TV review? So we're watching a few shows. Here we go with the TV review. TV review. So Mad Men, we've watched maybe a hundred episodes or something in the lockdown over the three month period. We're we're at the penultimate episode now. Do you have anything to say about it or? Yeah, I don't really want it to end. I think. Yeah, why don't they just go into the seventies? I know. Well, that's a long time for a show to go on anyway, isn't it? I mean, how many seasons does Sopranos Seven. Yeah. Sopranos had six and a half. Yeah. I don't know if it should have gone on any longer than this. I think season five was the best. When you watch that much of a show, they're like... It's very familiar, the characters and stuff, right? So you kind of want to see them every night. And it's a nice escape. Again, no phones, everyone's stylish and, you know... I don't know, it's a stylish show and that. Everyone's good looking. Stylish show. Has humour. We know there's not going to be any, like, outward violence or anything really destructive or shocking. And so when there's loads of terrible stuff going on in the world, it is like a... It's something we can watch that doesn't make us... Doesn't compound the outrage, basically. Yeah, and we've watched Space Force, which is rubbish. What do you think of that? I'm so disappointed. Well, we've watched three episodes. I was so excited. I remember the first time they announced it, like right after Trump even suggested it. They announced it basically the second he mentioned Space Force. They're like, we're going to make a TV show about it. And they announced it. I thought, oh, this is going to be amazing. And uh, yeah, it is. It really falls flat. All of the sentimental moments are too sentimental. And it's like, who is this show for? And yet you don't care about the characters. And then the funny moments are too silly. Like, And as I was saying yesterday now with Netflix... The honeymoon period might be over and all the streaming things because when a big show happens with big stars and loads of ad promotion and it's all over the the banners of the Netflix for months, of course people check it out because people like Steve Carell, people like John Malkovich, but they're still going to get a second season because everyone watched it, not because it's any good, which yeah. is a worrying trend. Money talks. What else have we watched? Well, the top five shows of the past year... We've passed things. We watched Ozark, which is over now. Yeah. And Tell me about Ozark. That was the number one show for a while. Then maybe mm-hmm. April, was it? Or March? Uh, I really enjoyed it. First season, the best. I really... I don't know why they'd still be in this situation, and I don't know why he wouldn't get rid of the wife after the thing she did in three. Sorry if that's a spoiler, but... It's the, it's the classic... I mean, it's not terribly original. It's just a well-written... You know, it's kind of Breaking Badish, isn't it? Because they're doing bad things and getting away with it. And it's an element of tension. But towards the last season we watched, or the last season so far, it's starting to become comedically tense. He's funny. He goes, OK. You know, in the middle of these scenes where she's phoning up the cartel and that. But, yeah. I give the first season 8 out of 10, and then the second two seasons. Then 7, then maybe 6. I think the second season was really good. Yeah. But yeah, but but all, all in, like, we're being pretty critical of it, considering how many kind of average shows we've watched. Most of it's shit, all the shows, isn't yeah. it? But I think we have a refined taste. The thing is, with us as well, you sit down for dinner to put something on, unless we have a debate like this, which is rare. Because, like, it's not relaxing. It's like a go off the rails. 
<laughs> no, the truth is, is that I expect by the time that I put the plates on the table for you to have already selected and like paused ready the show, mm. which is rarely the case. But you need a show. That's why we've watched Space Force where someone's not going to get their head chopped off or raped or something in the first 30 seconds while we're eating but like I, I a fajita. We only started doing that. I think I know the night we started consciously doing that. Do you remember? That was with the leftovers. It was with the leftovers with the rock in the face. And I remember... An we- old woman got <laughs> pummeled to death with a rock. And I think we were like just about to take... like We'd just taken like a first bite and we were like, oh. And we're like, never again. We're never going to... We're going to plan this out. So the first thing we watch is not going to be potentially disturbing. And then the main course the past few months has been Ozark or Mad Men. And also in the last year, Succession... What's the top shows? There's no point talking about the bad ones. Succession and Barry are my favourite oh, yeah. shows of the last ten years, probably. But we haven't watched these in lockdown uh, last year, really. Mm-hmm. Both of them, wasn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I read an article about how the writers of Peep Show were working on this, mm. so I knew it was going to be good, and I knew Brian Cox was involved. <clears throat> and. Um, but yeah, it exceeded my expectations. And then Barry, what's that for the viewers? And what show is that on Now TV or at Sky Atlantic? It's funny. What we need is humour. Any of the humourless shows aren't really working for us, are they? But even even shows that are supposed to be funny don't make me laugh anyway, and mostly don't make us laugh. So I really need something that has an extra. That's why Barry is good because it's not a traditional comedy. It's a hitman who becomes an actor. It's a black comedy, and it's clever. It's an interesting concept. It's well cast, and it's well acted, and yeah, it is genuinely funny and fresh. Is Succession still the best show recently? I know you don't like talking about best. Yeah. For me, it's still Mad Men, because I just want to live in the past now. I just want to escape this phone shit. We started Unorthodox, which we haven't watched the last... That's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's you think it's slow moving, and you think they spend a little bit too much time in Williamsburg, maybe on that. Yeah, I want to know about the future. I don't. She doesn't need to be in a permanent flashback. I think it's well done. I need glamour as well. Yeah. I don't need Orthodox Jews dancing for an hour. All right. I just don't like the squiggly bit on the side. I like style. I want Christina Hendricks and that. Racist. It's not racialist. You're Jewish. You were Orthodox Jew when I met you. And we had a makeover. <laughs> and then... Oh, we started... The, and then? The Eddie. The Eddie. The Eddie. Good. Yeah, the episodes are movie length. And like not- well, well, they're a full hour. And I don't know what it is. That it's intense scenes one after the other. And uh, there's it no feels relief. Longer than an hour. It's well done. You know, it's done in that shaky cam type thing. I like hearing the music. Yeah, real the, music. Yeah, the music part of it. I good. did say this might be good for sort of people who watch Netflix or millennials or whoever, and like they might make them realise that music actually has to get made. You know what mm. I mean? And people, someone just plays a trumpet, and that can happen, and it doesn't have to be what you're sold. So I quite like. The independent musician, and obviously independent music venue, is in a show. Yeah, yeah, I do too. But again, it would be nice if in every show someone didn't have to get murdered. 
Do you know what I mean? But the thing is, I don't think someone's getting murdered in every episode of this show. I think there was just a murder in the beginning. It's like someone's not getting murdered in every week of your life, thankfully. I mean, really, are we just spoiling all of these shows by giving away major plot points? Yeah, I'll bleep it. Yeah, and any other shows just to finish off this segment of TV, which is a big thing for everyone this fall or this spring, wherever this is. Frankly, we've been really dipping our toes into Bravo. Bravo, some shit stuff. Some shit stuff. Below Deck, which I call Below Dick. Because it's so self so many self Dickens. That's been good. That's you need a bit of trash. Yeah. If you're and watching this heavy thing. Also, you know, obviously because we're trapped in our house and we haven't we would normally have gone away on a trip or two by now. It's nice to see them like off the coast of Corfu yeah. or in the you know. And you've enjoyed the evolution of the review shows, which they filmed in the last month or so, where they're now, it's not just watching somebody doing a Zoom call, they've edited in so they focus on one person yes. for, for, when, for their reaction shots, and it's becoming a reality show yes. in itself, a uh, Zoom call. And as you say, this may be how they do it in the future, because then they don't have to spend any money to, it's much cheaper to send someone a fancy light or a camera than it is to like ship them over and put them up for the night. And somebody feed Phil. That's a ray of sunshine, isn't it? He is a ray of sunshine. I think Happy it, guy. I think it's the kind of thing where you start watching it and you're like, can I, is he too joyful to for this? He to is be for joyful? Brits. But like, I'm like, yeah, man. It's refreshing. Though. Happiness is a choice. Yeah, and I think they do it. They do the episodes well enough as, as well. And I've liked, you know, in London, they went to Dishoom and they had the bacon um, naan wrap, which and I've made as well. To make that for breakfast, yeah. Yeah, and in Ireland, it was good. Chicago, Toronto. It's all been pretty good. So somebody feed Phil, we recommend. It's good for an injection of happiness while you're eating. It's good while you're eating, yeah. It it definitely makes you hungry, I think. Yeah. We're not going to talk about Tiger King or anything. That was watched when I was actually sick. It was okay as well. It didn't like... It was addictive, wasn't it? It was a classic show of the time in that it was outragey and we're watching people that are awful and we shouldn't be. It's like the next stage of the anti-hero from Breaking Bad or Ozark. It's like it's a real person that we're watching and almost championing. So it was okay, but I don't know if I'm, I, I'm down with the kind of iconic status of these pond life people i think as we were saying with the protests and everything the uh, success of the show was merely amplified by the situation like i don't know if it would have hit as hard if we hadn't all just gone into lockdown meaning that everyone knew everyone was watching the same thing mm. like the same you know what i mean because like obviously yeah the algorithm expects that we're all watching the same thing at the same time anyway because they say okay tiger king drops tonight and you're all gonna watch this mm. But I think because we were all in lockdown, because there was such like a social media discourse, everyone was just sitting at home doing nothing. I don't know. I, I don't know if it would have been quite as... But the previous, I guess the staircase and those other documentaries were as big as well, the ones we watched. Yeah, and we've watched the media one. We started it. Well, we haven't watched... It's okay. It feels like they've they've run their course now a bit. What we haven't watched, which is getting just as much coverage as tiger king is the last dance the michael jordan thing and i'm not we don't care about basketball but i think that's not the point i'm assuming it's not about basketball right it's about the rise and about him 
but I, you know, because he was in Space Jam and Michael Jackson songs, he was an iconic cultural yeah. crossover person. Yeah, and during our like while we were growing up, it was he's that might be part of it as well for everyone that's over thirty. Yeah. It might be like, oh yeah, remember that ninety five. But then again, you know, we put off watching Ozark for like three years because I just I didn't I didn't even know about it. I didn't. I just put it on. Do you remember? I didn't think about it or know about it. And um, I did. I like chose not to watch it. But why didn't you watch it? No, no, I mean... It's because fucking Marty, that girl, whatever her name is. Shut your fuck nugget mouth and get the hell out. Well, I didn't know about her or what her character was going to be. It was literally just the tagline of the show. It just seemed like, I was like, oh, like going to, like, the marshes of Minnesota or something, like, or Missouri, and it, it's just, yeah, it's unglamorous, and it's, and it's him doing not a comedy. It's like, do I want to see this? Is this going to be... So, uh, yeah. What's the cultural impact of all these crime shows, whether they're serials or dramas or what? How do you mean? People just like watching about people being murdered and that, and bad people, is that what it is? Or? Well, that's escapism as well, isn't it? Like, you know, watching about, watching stories about lives that you have no experience of. The Tiger King stuff, the ironic, I just want to touch on the ironic response to it is now ubiquitous is that the word where everyone has the same yeah in the social media era now everyone has the same humor british or american there's not everybody's got that ironic humor now with the been homogenized yeah so oh are we but i mean i know i've been saying this this whole podcast but are we becoming fucking cyborgs with this social media shit no. the way everyone's communicating the way everyone's performing and like, trying to make themselves look are we reaching a crescendo now because that's all people have to communicate no although it is funny because because that has already happened and we're not going back it's so funny the Bre- i'm going back it's so funny the brexit argument about like oh, being able to reclaim our, our britishness and you know we can go back to it's that time possible. we can never go like everything we're so intertwined on a global scale yeah there is no going back to no. a certain kind of country that existed before social media no when yeah you have people in england saying like and yeah i don't know lots of phrases they wouldn't have said before and there's a global accent developing a global accent yeah um the world is changing and there's no going back and change is inevitable what i'm seeing in general entertainment politics culture the baby boomers and stuff are still in control and they have to let go because it's already changed what they're trying and they're still trying to implement things these characters like trump or rupert murdoch or whoever they're still trying to implement these old ways that work for them and made them rich but the the people are rejecting it so people are getting more and more angry that they're being fed this information and they can see these injustices and they don't want the same old stuff I'm already noticing audition-wise that people are talking about getting back to filming. The Batman has been given the go-ahead to start filming again, right? So yeah. that... Do it, yeah, we really need another Batman film, so get on with it. <laughs> another posh English bloke doing it as well. Are we still in the TV review? Well... I'm starting to get angry because I need a coffee. I'm not really angry. This is part of the joke. I'm living the dream. You are. That's what I'm You're trying. the best. I'm trying, I'm trying to make things are getting better. You I'm fit now. I got muscles, man. Yeah, you've been doing press ups. How's your press ups? I look like John Lennon in Abbey Road, but the hair's not quite that long. I do 110 press ups a day. I walk five miles. 
It was tough when it was hot the other day, though, because everyone is now in the park instead of the pub, you know. That winds you up. But well, every- it wound you up when you saw, like, a hundred beer cans in the middle of a fucking park Yeah, the but day. there was no one there. I mean, the thing is, it doesn't wind me up to see people out. No, because they're there at midnight you when we're watching Mad Men. yourself and then pointing fingers at somebody else, being like, why are you all out? No, I'm not hanging out. I'm pounding it. No, I know. I'm running and press-upping. It, it only bothered me that they were, like... No, it's just claustrophobic when you try to leave your flat to get space and you go out and you can't get away from people. And lots of people don't care now because they're reading the Daily Mail and fucking sucking the the tea of poison. Matt Hancock just announced yesterday or something that now... Matt Hancock, is he a comedian? It's mandatory to wear face mask on... I thought it was going to be mandatory to wear denim or something or to wear like an off-the-shoulder number. Yeah, it's mandatory to wear... Well, I've got danger zone masks, remember... Remember, I'm a musician, so check it out, people. I've got the merchandise. Isn't that weird that we did that, the Tokyo episode? We bought the mask and we're wearing them, and three months later, you need one. Six months later, but three months, you did need one. And I was flogging them. I'm Nostradamus. (laughs) I'm a visionary. You're exactly right. Why isn't anyone listening to me? I should be in charge. I know, that is so weird. That's why I'm going to keep this podcast going, because you, you don't know, I might end up fucking running the show. Through our next venture, we're going to massively succeed, and we're going to sort it all out. Did you know that? Culture, live music, people congregating, getting off the social media, getting off the phone, real life, meeting, falling in love, falling out of love, whatever, having a good time. Whatever language you speak, whatever views you have, we're going to bring people together. We're going to sort it out. Okay. But first, going to have a coffee, shut the windows. Emily's going to make her dress and do her voiceovers. And we'll be right back. And that's also the end of the TV review. So, the boys in the van, play the jingle. What's to be summarised from TV review? We're glad we have TV and Wi-Fi and we're very privileged. And I shouldn't be whinging. (laughs) The drill. The drill has an opinion. (laughs) Turn it off. Stop doing weird creative things. Turn it off. Keep consuming. Keep paying. Oh my God. Leave it. Leave it. Leave it. Just fucking leave it. So that's it. That's a wrap. This podcast, we're going to end with Ronnie Lane. Uh, anniversary. That's episode 39. Love to everyone out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're trying to record that as well. That's all that, hap- all that's all that happens. That's all that happens in my life. So it's hard to do a podcast. No, it's not annoying. You get very annoyed when it's me. I don't. That's you. That's your mind. And remember, everyone out there. When you think things are bothering you, or someone's bothering you, or something, it's not that thing or that person, it's your mind. <laughs> and with that, anyway, I was going to say, yeah, it's July 5th, People, all the amateurs are in the pubs, you know, lockdown is ending, blah, blah, blah. But we know that. You're listening to this, as you're here, it's just trains, sirens, sneezing. It is a siren now as well. <laughs> And it's goodbye from me, Emily Moment, and from you, Steve Marone. Hopefully, bum, please. Bye.